It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's up, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lats Class. This is episode 133. Coming your way right here in the home of Lacrosse Classified, Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. It's yours truly, Jake Elliott. My co-host is along as well. His name is Brad Challoner. And we got another massive program lined up here for you once again. As, uh, of course, we got our Stampede Stallion coming up in quarter number four. Quick Sticks in quarter three. We're going across the nation in quarter number two as we'll catch up with Darren Fridge, who is actually coaching in New Westminster, but uh, long and hard ties to the Maple Ridge Berards organization. So we figured Fridgey was a good guy to talk to. He's seen it from all levels, minor, major player, coach, GM, you name it. So Darren Fridge coming up across the nation in quarter number two. And of course, the big focus coming up in, in quarter number one right here where we are right now. We'll get to that in a few minutes from now, but I gotta get uh, Bradley on here. Brad, how's it going? It's it's a holiday Monday. It's pouring rain, and you're doing a little uh, daddy daycare today. How's it going? It's going good, man. It doesn't feel like your typical May long. Like usually, this is the big kickoff to summer weekend. At I the did rodeo right love- now. Usually at the rodeo, but we took the kids to the zoo yesterday with the, with the family. So we and the zoo was a freaking zoo, by the way. So I think because no rodeo, because no one can travel out of town, and the zoo is a safe outdoor activity. Now what? All this of is the out lower mainland. Was at the, Are you talking? Yeah, Alder Grove. The game it's called farm? Greater Vancouver, but it's in Alder Grove, so it's about as outskirts as Vancouver as you can get, and still call yourself Greater Vancouver. They like one more exit on the highway, you'd be Abbotsford, and then you're no longer Greater Vancouver. What'd you see? Um, it's out there. Everything. Lions, um, giraffe, grizzly bear, black bear, zebras. My goodness. Fun good, for the whole family. Yeah, good times. Right on, man. Actually saw lacrosse stick there as I try to make this. Uh, <laughs> try to, I always try to circle things back to lacrosse, sure. but I did point out to my wife. I was like, hey, there's a kid with a lacrosse stick. But I realized the mom was just using it to push his um, bike on training wheels. Oh, well. But needless to say, they had a lacrosse stick in the house, right? Absolutely, uh, yeah, multi, multi-use or lacrosse sticks uh, that can be used for, for many things. I had uh, a pretty wet day today out, out there playing a little disc golf at uh, my home track in Monday Park. And uh got to say, Brad, I had a good day out there. It was wet, but uh, it was good to get out and, and breathe the air as we're kind of right at the tail end here in, in British Columbia anyways. I think some restrictions going to be lifted from Dr. Bronnie Henry and, and, and Minister Dix here, uh, as, as soon as we get through this long weekend, trending in the right direction and, and getting closer and closer as we go. I know my dad got his second shot over the weekend, which was a comforting feeling. Yeah, and you and I both got our, our first doses, you a few couple few weeks ago, me on, on Friday. Sore arm for a couple mm-hmm. days, but that was it. I had no reaction or anything they ran it like a bunch of cow being herded in to get branded like <laughs> but very feel, right it's funny. very efficient but they yeah. yeah they shuffle you in you sit down you answer a couple questions they poke you you have to sit there for the longest 15 minutes of your life even with your phone in your hand and then 
and then you're, you're on your way and then you get a call back in about a month or two to get uh, to get dose number two but lots of people there it felt like i was approaching like an arena or a concert like there's droves yeah. of people yeah. entering the south surrey rec center everyone's Ushering smiling in one direction happy. or another everyone's yeah. getting ushered i'm like okay this this feels normal like this is like entering rogers arena to go see a warriors game or something but i think we're gonna get to we're over 50 percent here of bc of eligible people in bc that have got their first dose i think that's across canada as well and i've got a pretty good feeling that um that canada is going to get and head in the right direction and get the majority of people people vax we can start opening up again yeah i think uh, i saw kids at the the vaccination center over the weekend so they're starting to get it now which is awesome yeah and, high high schoolers in british columbia for sure are now eligible 12 to 17 year olds are, yeah so are good open. this is good news right and and where it leads me is is towards the big focus here brad because as we know and it was i guess a week ago today as this comes out on tuesday that we said we alluded to it last week that we weren't going to hear the news in time, but we are waiting for a decision on the WLA season, the MSL season, Canada lacrosse, and what they were doing with national championships. And we got our answer as they canceled the WLA and, and MSL seasons. No man cup this year. And, and I don't know, like with these, like I kind of feel like did they pull the trigger a little bit too soon, but we're going to have the commissioner coming on here in one Paul Del Monte from the WLA to talk about it all. Yeah, and and this is one of the questions I'm going to ask Paul here in in a second, but absolutely inevitable, I think, unfortunately. But nice to see the two leagues working together and Doug Louie and Paul Del Monte coming out together and releasing a statement together rather than Ontario canceling and everybody saying, well, what's BC going to do? Are they going to play for their own man cup? Are they going to continue to have a season, but both sort of coming out as a combined force, which doesn't always happen in, in major series across as we know. So to both work together hand in hand and put their best foot forward and do this, um, I think shows some nice signs of hope for the future that these two leagues are, are very much on the same page. And Doug and, and Paul, as we know, over the last couple of years, have been working closer closer together than these leagues have in the past. So that's kind of nice to see. But could BC, like if our restrictions do get lifted and adult sports are allowed back, you know, maybe spectator free, but are allowed back, would it have been worth it to put on a... Just yeah, a regular people WLA would die for streaming right now, Brad. Like I know pe- uh, people are messaging me going, "Why don't they just play and and stream and and do it that way? At least do something. Let these guys play." And and I'm kind of on board with it all, but uh, we'll ask Paul about it. But I really think, Brad, a lot of this comes down to the fact that BC is a lot further ahead than Ontario. But the Man Cup, if you can't play the Man Cup, that's a huge piece of the pie at the end of the year for all the teams in both those leagues that get a slice of it to kind of make their seasons and their teams go and without that maybe that's the reason that it just none of this was feasible so we'll ask the commissioner about it all as we're going to get to the big focus right now Big focus. Big focus. Focus. Another than a big focus. Focus. Big focus. Paul Del Monte joins us on Lacrosse Classified Commissioner of the Western Lacrosse Association. Paul, we just sort of ran through it. Obviously, difficult news this week, inevitable news, and news that makes sense. But just take us through the emotion and you know how you're feeling personally with this news and how it's going to impact the league going forward by missing another year of WLA action. 
Yeah, I mean, personally, extremely difficult decision. If you had asked me a, a year ago whether I thought we'd be in this position, I, I would never have guessed it. And, and I'm sure, you know, the two of you would be the same. So, uh, you know, personally, very difficult decision. There's nothing more I wanted to see when then the WLA back on the floor again. You know, that said, on behalf of the governors and the GMs, this is not a decision that was taken lightly. You know, we had a a date of uh, mid-April to review and and make a decision. We pushed it to the end of April. We pushed it to the end of the May end of May. You know, in 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 the all along in there, chatting with uh, my counterpart Doug Louie in the MSL, staying in touch with provincial health guidelines and orders. Uh, um, lots of lots of uh, heavy thought, uh, uh, introspection, uh, reflection, and at the end of the day, um, it, it was a decision that was arrived at jointly with both ourselves and the MSL, uh, and their situation is far worse than ours, and at the end of the day, it's all about competing for the Man Cup, and we had to make the difficult but uh, unfortunately only practical decision, which was to cancel our season. Speaking with the commissioner of the WLA, Paul Del Monte, and, and I wondered about that paul whether and and as we kind of approach the end of the long weekend here we're going to get some restrictions lifted in bc and i wondered to myself man did we pull the shoot on this a little bit too early but it sounds like you're seeing and and like you mentioned ontario in a far worse position than, than british columbia with no man cup to be played for assuming ontario was never going to play was that the decision? Like, was there ever a chance that the WLA would just play for a WLA crown? Is I, is I guess where I'm going? Yeah, and indeed. No, so you know, we 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 thought about just playing a Western uh, a Western Championship. You know, declare a WLA winner. It would help. You know, our draft order selection come next February, and among other things. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, you're right. It was a joint decision. We had to understand what Ontario was facing because they're the ones that have to host. And there's a lot of effort and expense that goes into hosting a man cup uh, and their restrictions were much tighter. They couldn't travel between different zones and their teams, the majority of which are located all in different health, health regions. Uh, even our own league, Jake, uh, you know, we had, there's travel restrictions between health regions. Well, the island's a separate health region. We have Nanaimo and Victoria there that would have precluded us from competing as a full league which is obviously not something we want to do. We're, we're all seven teams together. Uh, and, and then, you know, I think that the restrictions, although we believed they were going to be relaxed slightly, you know, right through this May long weekend, the, the limit to adult indoor sport is a maximum of two people. So even if they really relaxed them and went to like 52 people, that would barely allow two teams in the arena with their rosters and coaching staffs and trainers and so forth to play a game. And so um, it would have been a lot of what if, can we hold on? You know, there was an interest in waiting as long as we could, but at the end of the, t- end of the day, teams needed anywhere from six to eight weeks to get ready for a season. When you think about uniforms and equipment and floor times and, and all of the things that go into having players participate in a regular WIC. What do you suspect long-term impact will be Paul like are, there, are we at risk of, of teams not coming back for 2022 um, you know how is this going to affect some of these clubs yeah I, I would say there's no risk of anyone not coming back I mean our teams are fully committed that's the one thing we heard everyone wanted to play there was no one there was no dissent in that regard that everybody was well I don't know if I want to everyone wanted to play everyone's players that indicated that they wanted to play 
so that wasn't the issue. You know, we had thought about plan B and C, which is, you know, tournament style, weekends only, maybe play all out of, out of the Langley Event Center. Still chatting with the Langley Event Center about doing something. But right now, the way it stands, there's nothing in the plans. But to speak to next year, you know, our, our intention is to, to bounce back and use this as a as a catalyst to, to do to be better. Uh, you know, minor lacrosse, we're hoping is still going to be played uh, throughout the summer in one form or another. So there is the game. Um, we've been in regular contact through our clubs with our fans and sponsors, and, and we, we believe there's still that passion and that interest. And we'll use, you know, what's been, an, uh, you know, uh, a very unusual and unique circumstance around the world uh, to bounce back and to be even better in 2022. We think we're going to be in a strong position and we're going to do whatever we can to bring the WLA and MSL uh, back to the forefront. Yeah, and, and Brad and I were talking as we speak with Paul Del Monte here about the relationship between you and Doug and, and how we've never really had that cohesion between two leagues. It's really almost been polar opposite where the two are button heads uh, constantly. But you and Doug have really kind of formed a, a real positive relationship and as you try and push Canadian summer lacrosse in, in the right direction. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Jake. So Doug, Doug and I, you know, probably chat at least once or twice a week. And, and it's everything from, you know, rules and how we want to adapt our game and, and sort of unify rules play, that are played at the highest level of lacrosse, you know, discussions with our with our friends and colleagues in the NLL to, you know, uh, just different things around the Man Cup agreement, sponsorship and so forth. So, you know, we talk about a lot of things and our, and our interests are generally aligned. Doug and I get along really well. We want the game to be better in our country. We want the game to be exciting for our fans. We want our players to to continue to want to compete for a man cup. And, and so uh, I can't say or speak to what happened before I was commissioner. All I can tell you right now is that Doug and I get along well. We're aligned in trying to grow the game and be good for both of our leagues and understand that that's the motivation. And we're both better off if our teams are competing at the highest level and are working together aligned to be uh, uh, to grow our game and make our game better. But still, when it comes to the Man Cup, like we'll do everything it takes to, to bring that sucker home, right? Like just <laughs> yeah, between I mean, us here, right? No, no, it's not even between us. I'd say it to Doug. He knows it too, right? Because <laughs> Doug will be the first to say that, you know, if, if the East wins eight out of nine, he goes, that's probably not good for lacrosse. They'd love to win all of them, but we'd like to win all of them too. So our goal is to, is to, is to get more competitive, to try to win man cups and have that balance restored. Uh, but, you know, even in the heat of the battle, we're competing East versus West, you know, Doug and I are adults and, and we understand what's at stake here and, and we behave accordingly. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Nice to you. Um, Paul, before you let you go, like so you, you kind of just mentioned this, you guys are talking all the time about rules and, and growing the game, but now with another year off to sit back and, and reflect, like what will be the first thing on the WLA agenda now, now that we're, now that you know that there's no season that we have to plan for. Yeah, no, I think there's, there's a handful of things, you know, one certainly is rules and Doug and I have chatted about that. And, you know, us, uh, the WLA is a league, you know, and, and I won't speak to them specifically, but we had agreed on a couple of modifications. Um, Doug and I have agreed that, you know, we'll, we'll be chatting with a broader group and it, with the support of lacrosse Canada and conversations with Brian uh, Lemon and the NLL and stuff, just to talk about our game and our rules and what's best for the game to greater align uh, the game 
and how it's played on the floor. And so those things I would think would be a priority for me, uh, how we broadcast and webcast our games uh, out here in the West in particular, I think there's room for improvement. So I've been looking at a number of options there and now it gives me a little bit more time with which to explore how best to do that. Um, certainly league sponsorship, which, you know, was about to take off a couple of years ago, stalled as a result of COVID. So that's another area where I think we need to do better. And, and probably finally is, you know, you notice the WLA website has had a bit of a refresh. We're now going to transition all of our clubs into a common platform to try to be a little more efficient uh, and a little better in our digital and social communication. Paul, uh, appreciate your time and your insight, uh, your leadership as well as uh, you'll carry us through this thing and, and we'll get set for, for next year. And in the meantime, if fans want to stay connected to the Western Lacrosse Association, make sure you check out their social channels, like Paul mentioned, their new website as well. And I'm sure you guys are going to keep the fans engaged and active uh, until we get rolling, well, I want to say February for, for the next entry draft. Well, hopefully there's a few things we can chat about before that, but uh, uh, to both to both of you, I appreciate your support and passion for the game and, and continue to do what you can to spread the good word. So thanks for having me on and uh, uh, keep it up. Thanks. Okay. Thanks, Commissioner. Thanks, Paul. Have a good summer. Talk soon. There was Brad, Commissioner Paul Del Monte, and like, man, so, some real positive things coming out of that conversation. I know no man cup and no season, that really sucks, but to hear – the relationship with Doug Louie in, in major series lacrosse, I think, is a massive positive. And the other thing is that they are open to rule changes, speaking with the National Lacrosse League and other leagues and entities about what is the best way to promote and push this game forward. And that's getting a unified rule book. We all know this, Brad, and it looks like they're willing to kind of open up to that idea after a long time of not being open to that yeah it's all about the growth of the game so it's nice to hear that you know yeah with the west wants to win man wants to win man cups east wants to win man cups victoria and peterborough want to stack the rafters with man cups um but you have to grow the game in the process and what this is doing this pandemic again is everyone gets to take a step back and look at everything now you know they might have to be just talking about next summer how how the league looks different um going 22 and up if, if both junior leagues end up changing like how does that affect uh wla and and protection and everything that goes along with that like there's a lot of question marks coming coming up you know um but great to hear that they are working hand in hand with with both leagues and with the nll is even even more music to my ears so i think there's there's good things on the horizon man it sucks we're missing another year huh, God, Brad, i was kind of I... thinking like how it's it's different than the national lacrosse league because yeah, I have concerns for for teams that are newer in a market, like like the Warriors, even or like the San like San Diego and Halifax and teams Red that are tied, yeah yeah trying to make an impact and then not having any games to show for. But like I think about Maple Ridge, we're gonna talk to Darren Fridge in a second. I think about New Westminster and those community based teams. Um, they're not gonna miss a step. Like the minute the gates open at Queens Park Arena, that entire community is is going to be oh, there at cam neely arena they're going to flood in that place the minute they can they're going to do that across the east as well so you know i, I guess WLA, it's a little harder this time around brad because i really i started to get my hopes up and I, and I probably shouldn't have done that and then when the news hit it it hit hard man and it's still like it, it, i just know the players are feeling oh man i can't i can't i can't i can't like i i know how i feel i can't imagine especially the guys no. 
you know, waiting to break into the dub and the guys. Yeah, at the or tail we talked end. about it last week, the guys that are on their way out and, yeah, and might have went on. Oh, man, I played my last game and I didn't even think I know that was going to be my last game. It just got canceled midway through. And now I'm never going to play again That's tough. because, you know, I'm going to be too old and haggard by the time the next season comes around or yeah. I didn't keep my body in shape over this last year or I lost interest. Like there's a number of things that can come into play. So, well, all that we can do is, is do the right things, Brad, get immunized, wear your masks, stay in your bubbles and all the rest of it. And let's get through this. We're so close and, and, Man, uh, tough news nonetheless. We thank Paul Del Monte for coming on the podcast here for the big focus in quarter one. It's time to load up the jet, Brad. We're going lacrosse the nation next here on Lax Class Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Hey, this is Jeff Snyder. You're listening to Lax Class, your go to source for all things NLL and box across. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified as we move into quarter number two, working our way to halftime, if uh, as you were. Jake Kelly, Brad Schoner with you. And uh, Bradley, we're in quarter two. We're going across the nation. Uh, let's make our way out to the tarmac and load up the jet. Lacrosse. Lacrosse. Landing the G6 in the Pitt Meadows Airport, Lacrosse the Nation takes us to Maple Ridge, British Columbia. And Darren Fridge is the alumni coordinator for the Maple Ridge Berards. He's also a Western scout for the Saskatchewan Rush. He also coaches up the Pee Wees. He also an assistant coach with the Bellies Junior A team, but he's also the best person we thought could talk lacrosse in Maple Ridge from the minor numbers booming in recent years to the success of the Berards uh, in recent years. He's been behind the bench as a coach, a general manager, a player. Uh, Darren Fridge joins us on Lacrosse Classified. How are you doing, Fridgey? Pretty good. Pleasure to be on talking about lacrosse. First question for you. Why doesn't Maple Ridge have a junior A team? <laughs> well, that's a whole other show. Yeah. Um, so we come out swinging. Some comments that would probably get me in trouble a little bit, but I, I strongly feel that uh, there's not an interest for the junior league to add another team. Yeah. Is the short answer. That no, that I mean, be, that, that's that it. because all those great players are spread out around the league, and some teams might not want to. They don't want to water know, down not, the not league because ha- they, they think it's going to affect them winning mental caps. If they add another team, you space out twenty more guys. The talent pool gets weakened, and it's harder to compete in Ontario. So, the only way that they're going to do it, Fridgy, and tell me I'm wrong, is if a team like Poco or Burnaby or Nanaimo moves to Maple Ridge. That is correct. Yeah, that's the only way. I would agree, too. Uh, but the, the most frustrating part are the cycles and cycles of uh, 15 to 20 kids each year that get drafted to go play elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, I know on their junior B, in their junior B1 program, they probably have 50 to 70 names uh, that, that could be a part of their, their junior B organization. It's craziness. Crazy. Okay, next question. How come Maple Ridge can't get a new arena? We're what's starting wrong? hard. We're starting hard today. <laughs> what's, hey? what's wrong with the one they have? 
Okay. All, all kidding aside, I love Cam Neely Arena and the friendly confines and all the rest of it. But I mean, seriously, now it's it's high time for an update out there in the Ridge for a new barn. What's going on? Well, the original Cam Neely, which is now I think the library in Maple Ridge, uh, was an upgrade to the one we have right now. I I, I would agree with you. I think this is a, a municipal or a you know a city decision to build something that that could support it. Uh, certainly, uh, the senior club would would welcome that, and whatever a private entity or whoever to to throw the money in to make it happen or to go halfers on it, I think it would be a great idea. Let me let me get in here, Brad. Um, let's let's start from the beginning. I want to say, like, I don't know if the the minor. I guess the minors were around before the senior team moved out there. But let's start with the senior and then maybe work backwards into the minors, if that makes sense. Vancouver yeah. Bernard's storied history, of course, uh, long time out there in, in Vancouver, Carisdale, all the rest of it. Then a quick cup of coffee out there in North Surrey. You want to talk about? shitty parts that's about as bad as it gets there in north surrey uh didn't stay too long there and then the move to maple ridge and i know your dad uh rest in peace ted fridge had a lot to do with this tell me how the decision came from vancouver to surrey then surrey to maple ridge um well i mean it it had reached a point the agrodome uh obviously is going to cost more uh to to run it attendance wasn't where it was or where it needed to be uh, the year previous was a very successful season to my first year there, which was the 90 uh, team that went to Brooklyn yeah, man, copy and 91, 92 uh, though. We had some, you know, Teddy Dowling, uh, John Rosa, Eastern guys coming in. Uh, we, we were at the beginning stages of that uphill climb again. Who owned the, the team back in Vancouver? Like who, who, who? Uh, I'd go with uh, the likes of like Bobby Perry, Wally Donaldson, Okay. John Servi. Okay. But uh, they probably had a debt there, which I, I can't confirm uh, through the Agrodome. Uh, the move to Surrey was um, kind of a surprise to all of us, but there was an interest to get us out there. I mean, I had a unique experience with Jordan Hall where uh, I was actually getting his autograph after he got drafted. And he told me that because the team was there, it, it inspired that particular group or generation. So um, it was, uh, I think, another municipal strike, if I remember well, that we ended up playing in Queens Park for the playoffs. Uh, so it was just a, a bad fit. I, I think it was a city agreement uh, that they could never work out. Uh, Soen Gill was a big influence to try to get us out to Maple Ridge. And I think Soen uh, would have gone into partnership with my dad had uh, they, they moved out of Surrey to there. And, and the rest is history. We, I think we got there in the 95 season and we had three or four or five great years in a row. And then there was a bit of a drop off 98, 99 or 99. I think it was. So in, yeah, in all, in all seriousness, we bug you about the arena. We bug you about the junior A team, but like Maple Ridge really is, I think the highest um, minor registration in the lower mainland. And that would make it one of the highest in, in Canada for that matter. Um, you know, my, my sort of theory on it is is the geography of it. And a lot of guys who grew up playing and coaching in Coquitlam, you know, real estate changes and guys get a little bit further away from their hometown. But Maple Ridge is sort of next over from the Tri-Cities area where, you know, Kurt Malowski and, and Chris Gill and Rob Williams and, and guys like that all grew up. 
and then end up in Maple Ridge. Is that a big part of you know, sort of the minor numbers turning around and, and getting those guys coaching? Uh, for sure. At the beginning, uh, I think, uh, you know, we had our chests out in the Ridge for a while because we were continuing to grow based on numbers. But I think that's a, that's the exact reason that the cost of living. I mean, I certain my first home I bought was in Maple Ridge. It wasn't in Coquitlam and on a teacher's salary that were paid very well. Uh, both of us uh, and and the benefits that go with it, it was it's just, it just was out of our price range. So I think that's a factor. Uh, what you mentioned, where uh, you get former players in as experienced coaches, can not only you know kind of moves you through how to do skill building a lot faster for those dads that have never played before, but it, it sort of also encourages that higher level of experience. So then, therefore, they can give them more uh, game-like scenarios. Uh, the stars program, I think Mouse was a big part of doing that based on his uh, Eastern ex in, in experiences with um, the Orangeville guys or uh, Bob Ham or not Hamley. Um, it'll come to me in one sec. Uh, but anyway, like the, the, the skill building in, in stars program gets the sticks in hands a lot sooner. And uh, we want to, you know, capitalize on, on great things. But by the time they hit Peewee, you can run systems and, more technical approaches to a game that maybe you can't in other other associations. Speaking with Darren Fridge here on Lacrosse the Nation, uh, and and you had a kid come through the minor organization there out there in Maple Ridge, and and a lot of talk about Berard Pride and and all the rest of it, and a lot of success through through the minors, Darren, like winning provincial championships and all the rest of it. It's pretty impressive to watch a team that didn't have a senior team or a junior A team have that strong of a minor presence and, and have success at it as well. For sure, the success of a senior club has driven the likes of like a, a Dylan McIntosh or Will Clayton and Nate Fasine coming out in, in the most recent draft as a 21-year-old. As a but even along the way and like getting Mike Mallory back in our system, uh, Kalinich is, is someone that went the year before. Jared Toll, it was a hard choice for me, uh, picking Riley Lowen at the time ahead of Jared Toll. Jared had worked with our team, was living in Alberta, uh, ended up going to Langley, I think, with the very next pick. But those that was kind of the head and heart decision I had to make as a general manager. But, uh, you know, Regan Como making the Canadian Junior National Team and will play it at Ohio State in those early years, and getting Delgarno and Codron and making our way up. Uh, definitely made us uh, attractive. It took us a while to get going, but it, bringing home the stars or at least getting local stars always helps. And then how about capturing the imagination of the community with those teams that, you know, went to, went to compete in, in man cups in recent years. You think that really lit a spark under, under some of the youth thinking, Hey, wait a second, I can, I can stay in Maple Ridge and go play lacrosse at, at a world-class level. Amen. Uh, I mean, my proudest uh, feeling was like sitting in that, that corner game six, uh, the, the game where we knocked Victoria out to, to advance the very first time. Uh, that'd be 2016. And just to see like not an empty seat, everybody, like the whole place was, was crammed full, uh, gave me a, a, a great sense of pride that of something that we had accomplished as a team and, uh, Robbie Williams' success of bringing all those pieces together with Dalzell and Gilly and uh, the owners that kind of threw money at us for many years with like Bill Hicks and uh, for a short stint, Tim Germain and then Lance Andre kind of taking things over for probably the past five years to make make things happen. Uh, I, yeah, and, and 
know, getting Curtis Dixon didn't hurt, getting Stigliano didn't hurt, and, and the many pieces we were able to get over the years with Benny Mac and Porter Brothers and uh, and and there I go there, but but adding Amesbury after the Bellies beat us up in the playoffs one year was was a a, a choice I don't regret because uh, Dixon took a beating. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He really did that that year, no question about it. As we speak with Darren Fritz here, and another faction of Berard lacrosse, Darren, has been the female game, the women's game, and a lot of success coming out of Maple Ridge with the girls' program. And really, I want to say one of the kind of the, the front runners as far as the numbers go for the girls as well. What what makes that such an attractive place to, to go play lacrosse for the ladies? Oh, uh. Like in the beginning, it was always the idea of inclusion. I mean, you uh, when you become a parent, you have no choice whether you're going to get a boy or a girl, uh, unless there's some uh, DNA manipulation going on. And uh, we love the game. They've probably grown up watching the game, so it's an easy transition for for some girls. I had a uh, girl power line when when my son Jackson first started out. One of them had a bright pink helmet. Um, you know, Alexa, Hannah, uh, they were, they were six and they're still playing right now. So uh, Alexa Ford's at, uh, set to go to Arizona state and Hannah is a very good player. I, I'm not sure if she's committed to go anywhere. Uh, getting Brad Downey in the system, I think has helped. It was kind of like the next phase of, uh, like generation wise or age wise of our kids. So he's been solely on the girl side. Uh, and 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 very, being very successful coaching at the Team BC level and winning nationals, so uh, I think that definitely helps too. But they're they're the successful girls that are at Div One or playing college ball have have all played with boys at some point, and and I think it's a uh, you know in some cases they're better than than some of our boys when we first start do you, out. Do you think that's like what separates it, Darren, for for girls that? come from here that go down there playing box lacrosse with the physicality and taking that to their field game. Do you think that helps exceptionally? I, I do. I, I don't uh, like grit wise without any, without any question, but the women's games I've watched in the, you know, cross checks or what looks like a cross check and the physical play, like your ability to lower your center gravity, turn that corner and get to the rack. Uh, their stick skills are obviously, uh, off the chart, off the charts. Um, you know, there's some unique things about lacrosse. Once you score, you drop your stick, but that idea of, uh, you know, three on three with, within that, that short area, uh, pick and roll concepts. I mean, they pick it up so fast. What else do you think, Darren, can you point to for the minor number booms in Maple Ridge? Like, is it marketed differently out there to, to young kids versus your baseballs and your soccer's? Like, how come so many in the Ridge are are signing up compared to other communities in the Lower Mainland? Well, I think cost-wise, it, it doesn't – it's not a real expensive thing. Uh, we – two years before this pandemic situation happened, but the um, the attractiveness to it, I think the, the fact that it's our – you could argue our national summer sport, but it's the national sport. Uh, but the fact that they've been able to get a, a young stars program going or a shooting stars, whatever the official title is, is the biggest difference because you're getting, uh, you're drawing them in early. And though they may not be directly connected to the association or what, what BCLA would connect them with, they're next in line. So um, all always like, 
it, it usually by the time you hit peewee or even novice, there's over a hundred kids. So uh, when we would when we would scrimmage in pe or um, uh, play half court in pe and mini tyke, we'd have nine or ten teams just in the ridge. We could we could be completely independent wow. of everybody else. Wow. And then when we went to tyke. We got pumped for a while because we had so many teams, but as soon as we were able to go like to an A1 or, or to a, a tiered system, like we never looked back. Langley and Surrey used to beat us all the time, but then once we got all the top players together, uh, it was pretty rare that that would ever happen. couple more minutes here with Darren Fridge. Um, listen, free lacrosse. This is what organizations need to offer up to the young, young kids, have the sticks ready, the balls ready, the floor time ready, and just say, come out, try it, it's free. And if you get two, three kids that decide they're going to register for lacrosse from doing that, offering up one free hour or two free hours of floor time, which costs you a couple hundred bucks, you get that back with one player registering for your organization. Uh, Darren, you you got uh, a little something cooking here as well as I'm, I'm watching your Instagram here. And I like this because sometimes I kind of steal your drills from you, just so you know, when I'm, when, when I'm doing a little coaching. But chill.lacrosse.consulting. Tell me where this concept came from and, and what you uh, intend to get from it. What are, you trying to, what are you trying to do here with Chill Lacrosse Consulting? Um, it, it's in the early stages of sort of building a brand. Uh, all I'm really trying to do is grow the game. I'm, I'm in unique situations all the time where, uh, as you do, um, pregame or during practices of an NLL team. Uh, but my greatest experience has been with the Canadian junior national team, working with Matt Brown and Taylor Ray, Mark Miash to Merrick Thompson. And they have a whole bunch of little secrets or little, little plays they like to do. Uh, so all I'm, I, I watch, I try these ones myself and then I post them to try to help other coaches, uh, through that pandemic stage, I was trying to show drills that you can do, uh, without contact, uh, bringing in a little wheat soul and, hey, pay, and paying attention like to this challenger because, uh, Bradley's coaching, coaching right notes for my tyke, right notes down for my tyke girls. This might be a little advanced for them, but, uh, I'll be checking it out nonetheless. But anyway, like, I, like I, I, it's purely to like, and I'm a member of the coaches association. I run clinics. People want to see them. I am uh, working my way through technology, usually with the support of my son. I mean, that's how I got the Instagram page going. Uh, but the, the main reason is, is to try to grow the game. And, and uh, you know, I, I lay the boots to mouse from time to time, how, you know, secret he is about what he's got on his line piece of paper. Fort uh, Knox, he, baby. Yeah. So, the more we share the the greater like we just push that level up and uh i try to put on there what is useful and current and and i'm gonna continue to do it kurt malowski is just waiting for the right offer for someone to publish that into like a million dollar <laughs> novel or something one day something special is gonna happen darren you've done so much to grow the game maple ridge really appreciate you uh wearing the ridge on your sleeve at, at all times and and promoting the game and growing the game there thanks for doing this today my last question for everybody on lacrosse the nation is you know if i'm driving i know the answer to this one but you help me out for the people listening if i'm driving through maple ridge in the middle of july i'm going on duty trunk or, or highway 7 low heat highway 
what are the chances I'm going to see a kid? Maybe not on the highway, the Brad. Maybe not. Maybe not on the highway. Well, I don't know all the back streets of Maple Ridge. You know, if I'm down on what two two thirty eight or something, two twenty four. How off? How how likely am I going to see a kid with a stick? Well, I I think it's. Uh, I mean, they'd be over their shoulder walking to the box. That's the one that makes me smile. Uh, when yeah. they're walking through the community, and you like, I see the stick first, and I'm like, Do got, I know who that is? Got no, the shorts on. Yeah. 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 It's built-in promotion, and then other kids who don't know what it is are like, "Hey, man, where are you going? What is? What are you doing?" And it just, and then you start a conversation. And it goes from there. I, What's I the box it. situation like in the ridge, Darren? Like, how many, how many boxes? Uh, yeah, they, there's um, like I, I, they probably could deal with or or do with a, an extra one. Um, for covered, sure. covered. Uh, you know, the the one at MRSS and Thomas Haney are the two the major ones, and they're always going. Thomas Haney's got some little slip issues from time to time because of the shaded area, but MRSS is a, is a beauty box. Um, you know, as a elementary principal, like my, some of my colleagues may disagree with me, but just finding a wall and, and pounding it against it is really all you need to do. Yeah. I might yeah. be one of those guys that disagree with you on that. <laughs> but Hey man, uh, keep up the great work with chill consulting, uh, the Saskatchewan rush, uh, doing a little scouting coaching, with the Bellies Junior and the the Team BC as well, there's there's not a lot you don't do, and uh, keep those those kids in line uh, at your school as well. Thanks for doing this, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me on, guys. Talk soon. Take care, Darren. There you go, Fridgy. Good one. Yeah, good one. He he is Maple Ridge. He is one of the guys of, of Maple Ridge. He's Lacrosse, Poco proud too. Like he's uh, Poco proud. I know, and he coaches in New West. He's got the Bellies and a little bit of everything, but. You know, home is Maple Ridge, and you player, be part of coach, that GM, for our team to where it is today. Yeah, big um, time, big time. His dad, I mean, Brad. I don't. You never got a chance to meet his dad, Ted, and who was a massive impact on uh, my life and, and my lacrosse career in particular. He was a man that helped me get down to Sonoma State, and and uh, you know, did a bunch of other things for me as as far as my coaching and stuff goes. And and man, do I have a special place in my heart for for. Teddy Fridge, uh, who's, of course, got a field named after him down there in Town Center as well. And funnily enough, uh, his son, both his sons, uh, followed in his footsteps as teachers as well, Darren, a principal, just like uh, Ted was. So full circle for the Fridge family, and we thank him for his time here on Lax Class as we go lacrosse the nation. Brad, you were pushing for the Ridge there for, for a couple weeks. We got the Ridge done, and, and now we got to think about what's next. Or who's there? Next? There's there's no shortage. There's no shortage. Like these, you sent me a list of well, about this is six good. cities on last week, and I was like, how about Maple Ridge? And those are all places that we're we're certainly going to visit because, you know, we thought we'd be doing well, major this, series, well, WLA series this summer. I'm so glad think, we look, picked this segment <laughs> because we're gonna have to ride this sucker, this wave here for uh for a few months okay, but but there's gonna be lots going on this summer with uh national lacrosse league free agency with an expansion draft and, and, pro- and protection list so there's gonna be no shortage of content hey it's may long weekend that means days are starting to get longer the summer solstice is almost here you got to make sure you're protected from the sun especially if you got fair ginger skin like me oh, yes yeah we're talking protecting yourself from UV rays, but still looking sharp while you do it. You can only do that at Stampede Tack and Western Wear out there in Cloverdale. Top brands of cowboy hats like Stetson, Bullhide, Bailey, oh, yeah. and more. Bullhide, Bullhide right? baby. Bullhide. Bullhide. 
Whether for work or for play, you'll find your hat at Stampede Tack in Western. Where I'm going camping in a couple of weeks. I think it's time to actually buck up and uh, where are you going? And, and head out there. I'm going to well, if if Bonnie Henry lets me, I'm going to Horn Lake on Vancouver Island. Okay. Uh, by Qualicum Beach in in a couple of weeks. So if we're allowed to get on Excellent, the ferries right? by then, yeah. Uh, but I will be heading out to Stampede Tack in Western and Cloverdale since 1966. Shopping online at stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. Protect yourself from the sun and look good while you do it. And listen, I know I mentioned this for the last couple of weeks, but uh, Kevin and the gang out there at Stampede missing the rodeo for the second straight year. Listen, this is essentially their business thrives and survives around the Cloverdale rodeo, a Stampede out there in Cloverdale. So if you have it in your heart, you have it in your wallet, stampede.ca support this business support our sponsor and support this podcast we appreciate that and we appreciate them and and listen lacrosse the nation we're going to be around this for a while and and it's good because like i can't tell you how many messages and texts and and emails and all the rest of it brad i've got saying you know not only from like experienced lacrosse people in our nation but in particular people south of the border that may not know about a lot of these markets and what makes them hotbeds and i can tell you i've gotten a lot of messages already about people really enjoying this segment and and that's why we do it man yeah that's great to hear and i I think it's it's educational for towns that aren't whitby or orangeville or new west or maple ridge yet you know if you're just this is probably great for the calgary's and the manitobas and some you know like i'm saying yeah the manitobas and and certain parts of saskatchewan that are just facts this is what you have to do i know yeah and and we're gonna find common threads at the end of this i know that a lot of the common threading is is coaching um all these markets that we've talked to have coaches that are junior a players or national lacrosse league players that are coming back and giving back um, but in Calgary, it didn't start like that. Guys had to sort of move in market or develop in market for that to happen. It's starting to happen now. Um, it, it takes time, but but give back and, and pass this game on. Couldn't say it better than that, my friend. Uh, Brad, that was a, a monster second quarter. We got a ton of quick sticks to get to in quarter three, so let's take a quick break, and we'll be back on the other side. EP 133 into the second half next. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. This is NLL Hall of Famer Paul Gate. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lax Class as we move into the second half. Third quarter action is now in progress. Well, not quite. I'm going to tell you about our good friends at Associated Labels and Packaging. Right here in my hometown of Coquitlam, British Columbia, there for over 40 years. They're family-owned, focusing on ethics, quality and uh, they got their virtual natural products expo coming up this week like a hundred thousand people attend this so if you have any interest involved i suggest you head to associatedlp.com and sign yourself up for the uh, natural products x i might do this as well natural products expo west a hundred thousand people are going to attend this thing so it's got to be important check it out at associated lp as in labels 
and packaging uh, quick sticks here in the third quarter, Brad. We got a bunch here, so let's get to them, shall we? Where do I want to start here? Let's uh, let's get some signings out of the way. Brad McCulley and Nathaniel Kinesnikov. Uh, you broadcasters out there, get to learn it. Nathaniel Kinesnikov. Uh, both signing with the Buffalo Bandits for two years as uh, the Bandits get a couple of Western kids locked up. Uh, who have yet to play a game, of course, for the Bandits. Uh, the mailman who has played lots of games in the National Lacrosse League for the Saskatchewan Rush. I, I This took me back a little bit here. Not the fact that he signed, Brad, but the fact that no franchise tag on the mailman, Mark Matthews. Uh, this is a big signing for Saskatchewan to get this guy done. Yeah, where do you want to start? Like, you ran, ran, put, put off a few, put, put out a couple, couple things there. First of all, I think it's just nice to see that that teams are allowed to sign players now. I think that officially opened on the 17th. Um, offers were allowed to start going out. Mm. Um, we're starting to see some guys locked up. We're starting to see some press releases rolling out and some teams just kind of showing off the guys that they have have signed. Um, McCauley and Cause, great. Uh, nice to see the BC boy connect. There's always a strong BC connection to the Buffalo Bandits. That's via um, Buck. Rob Bakken and his scouting out here. And those guys, no surprise, both members of... The Langley Thunder, where uh, where Rob. Buck well, no, Brad uh, McCulley back to back to Victoria and and Kinesnikov, who I but think had was a splash, actually had dra- a splash there. He did, he did, he did. Mm-hmm. But Cos uh, was drafted by the Shamrocks, and now he's back in Langley, I believe. Yeah, so they were you know, they were both flip flopping. Yeah, uh, nice to see the BC connection, and then yeah, like Mark Matthews, sort of the news sort of drops. We're like, wait a second, we don't even know the player that teams were allowed to officially sign yet, but the Sask Rush went out and did it, and. Yeah, a lot of things to sort of unpack there. Like, he was a UFA, so technically the Rush didn't have to sign him because they didn't have to protect him in the upcoming expansion draft. Mm. He would be able to go to unrestricted free agency as of August 1st or whenever that date is going to be. But the Rush will now have to protect Mark Matthews and won't let him get to free agency because I guess they don't want teams in his ear on on that day. Yeah. Um, But proving, like, we thought there was going to be a horde of guys leaving Saskatchewan this summer and next summer, and it could still happen. They still have a lot. But to lock up the mailman without a franchise tag shows that he still thinks that the team wants to compete. Uh, obviously loves the town. Obviously loves Derek Keenan. Well, that's it. And so nice to see that that is your number one building block. And I think that's probably the strategy by Derek Keenan. Like, fall let's lock in, up yeah, Mark Matthews. Line, right? Everybody else will fall in suit, right? Hey, look at this guy's not not getting franchise. He wants to come back and play here. We still want to win and play in front of the biggest and loudest fans in the National Lacrosse League. So absolutely no brainer. Um, he loves n- it. Nice sass, like, Derek like I can tell you, if, as a matter of fact, he loves playing in Saskatchewan and and he loves Derek Keenan. And, and I think that deal was always getting done between those two guys. Uh, speaking of the mailman, uh, listen to Back of the Bird. Uh, I don't know if you checked this out yet or not, Brad. Uh, Danny Lomas, Polly Dawson got their own little podcast going, Back of the Bird, and a little kind of spitting chiclets flavor to it, right? Telling stories about what happens in the, the back of the plane and maybe getting some stuff out of some guys that uh, guys like me and you can't or wouldn't. Uh, so good little podcast going there and, and they had Mark Matthews on and the first thing they asked him was where the mailman came from. And Mark uh, was, was kind enough to mention it came back in 08 at the U19 World Championships. Point being, it's taken like over a decade here for the mailman to finally catch on. But I think we're there, Brad. 
I can't believe it was the 08 World Championships. Yes. Like, you, knew, you knew nothing about Mark Matthews no, at that point. He was not. like 16 years old, yeah. but lit that tournament on fire. And funny enough, you mentioned that. I was cleaning out the garage the other day, and I was flipping through. I, I keep some old programs of, 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 of tournaments that I've called in the past. Sure. And one of those was the 2008 World Championship. And I pulled it out and flipping through the rosters. Oh, for, man, what a roster. And then the U.S. and Iroquois, Crowley, just to see like, yeah. who, who went pro. Yeah. Um, you know, most of Team Canada did. There's funny. Um, Ian McKay is listed in the roster book as a ball boy for Team Canada, <laughs> and he's like what, like tw- ten or twelve yeah, years old yeah. at that time, now which was hilarious. And then, but that's be- how you create. What I, what took me back for that was that's how you create the next generation of players that end up playing for Team Canada. Like he was a big part of that Team Canada squad a few years ago at the world championships for Canada will be again, going forward, big PLL guy. And how does he get his start? He's the ball boy for the 28 or for the 2008 world championship team. And yeah, like Adam Jones, um, Calmette, Cockerton, Brock Sorensen, Cockerton. It was a ridiculous roster. Ridiculous. Yeah, it was, it was well. And the States too, like Joel White and CJ Bostabile. And I didn't realize, but we didn't know who those guys were back then. But look what they've done. Remember those two guys? Yeah, they were, they were beasts. But look what they've done since. One more note on Mark Matthews. Someone pointed this out. Out of all his stats, you know, like five 100 point seasons, 759 points in 135 games. He's never missed a game in his career. So wow. not only does he deliver, yeah. he's never Always been hurt delivers. or Always. hurt enough that he's missed a game. When you play at that 6-5-2-30, he runs through guys yeah. and, you know, he logs a lot of miles, but he's never missed a National Lacrosse League game in his eight seasons. While we're on it, more nicknames, the better, as far as I'm concerned. I'm still working on a few, but uh, Mailman was one of the early ones. And, and uh, listen, if the Rush don't start making Mailman t-shirts, I might. So if you want one, Slide in the DMs, and uh, if I get enough requests, maybe we we do up a, a Mark the Mailman Matthews T-shirt. Stay tuned. Uh, more signings here as the San Diego Seals lock up their entire coaching staff: Patrick Merrill, Billy Greer, Josh Sanderson, all coming back. So that's uh, some good stability. There, the Swarm sign a, a three-year agreement to stay in Gwinnett County at the Infinite, or, uh, or what? Well, I can never remember what it's called, Brad. They're staying in Gwinnett. They're they're staying in Georgia for the next three years at uh, at the rink that they play in. Infinite Energy Center is that it? Infinite Energy Center in Gwinnett County, GA. Yeah, and you know. The, like, they got still room to grow down there. I know the fans haven't been out in, in massive sport at Gwinnett, but you know, they've done some good things by having the rappers perform over the years. They've had a successful team. They've got the face of the national lacrosse league in Lyle Thompson. So there's some building blocks there and it's still a ways to go. But knowing that that commitment's there, I think helps solidify that team in that, uh, in that market. And hopefully they can build off that in the coming years. Yeah. And I think they're doing a ton of good things with the grassroots there. TLL news, uh, entry draft, May 27th. Uh, they've announced that they got a young guns, uh, division coming for the, for the young guys to play and the TLL night leadership group. Brad, you want to drop this? Uh, my goodness. What a, what a cast of characters here for, for the Knights. Well, it was funny because yeah, like the so this on this war now between I'm calling it a war between the TLL and the Ontario Junior A Lacrosse League. So you know, I see a tweet by the Oshawa Knights. Look, our coaching staff unveiled: Adrian Soriketti, mm-hmm. uh, Jordy Jones Smith, Curtis Knight, with Bubba McComb as their sort of senior advisor. I'm like, yeah. wow, the TLL is not messing around. There's some high profile 
profile players and GMs and coaches that want to be part of this league. And then boom, and then Burlington, the Ontario Junior A League, drops their group, which is Dan Dawson, Paul Dawson. Um, who else is on their list? But like just fighting over the brains and the Billy minds Greer, and the I person think is the other guy on there, right? Bill Greer, yeah. Is um is is been wild to see. And we're also hearing now that so first Ontario Lacrosse Association puts out this note a letter this week after the TLL had the, held their protection or released their protective list. So the players that are protected from their regions and the Ontario lacrosse association basically saying, um, we're aware that a non-sanctioned league has publicly claimed to protect Ontario lacrosse members in good standing who participate in the OLA junior seniors. While internal operations of non-sanctioned leagues are not the responsibility of the OLA, we encourage our players to report to the OLA team that they are registered protected and rostered for with information to return to play for 2021, blah, blah, blah. Point being um, the Ontario lacrosse association is essentially saying, do not go play for the TLL. And if you are, you may not be welcome back to the Ontario lacrosse association and the it's a war. Junior league. And that, and that's going for some of these GMs and coaches too, in good standing. So if Aiden Sorichetti coaches in the TLL, what we're hearing is he might not be able to go get a job or a coaching gig uh, in the OLA for a, for two years or however long this punishment is going to be. But that's going to be for players and coaching staff from what we're hearing. So this is – we're still waiting to get Lewis on. Stotts on. Yeah. But it is it is war right now in Ontario as far as the junior A ranks go. And, it, and listen, if it, if it comes out where the, at the end of the day the game is better for it, in particular in that province, and, and it starts heading in a direction that it needs to go, then I like whoever comes out on top and, and if the changes like what it if it if it's better for the game in the long run, then have have at or fill your boots, so to speak. Uh staying in Ontario here, a man who I have a history with that goes back to I want to say nineteen ninety three in like the forty year commissioner of the Ontario Junior A Lacrosse League in Dean McLeod. We've had some some good times. We've had some bad times and some times in between, Dean and I. But I couldn't be uh, more happy for him here as he gets awarded the, the prestigious Lester B. Pearson Award. And, and man, you got to be a, a pretty special person to, to have that bestowed upon you. Yeah, congrats. He's done a lot of great in the Ontario um, ranks and, and nice to see. Couple of, uh, well, World Lacrosse putting out their 6v6 video, Brad. I think we'll save that and, and maybe break down 6v6 on, on another episode. But uh, I'm still kind of piecing my thoughts together on, on the whole 6v6. I, I thought Chris Bushy came out with a really well-worded tweet about the views on it. And, and I have some views on it. And I've seen other people kind of on the other side of things. I, I think I fall somewhere in the middle of it, but I'm not quite ready to, to kind of lay that out yet. So let's push that couple of warriors notes here as we work our way through quick sticks. Uh, the girls, uh, Devin Caney, Ashley docking hot Mike's uh, NLL podcast. And they had uh, Tyler Johnston, who happens to be an NLL Warrior season ticket holder and a former Junior A Coquitlam Adnac, or maybe not Junior A, but he played lacrosse in Coquitlam. I know that. And, uh, of course, of Letter Kitty fame, and, and the girls had him on for, for a chat on their podcast, and I thought that was kind of a pretty cool thing. Letter Kenny, a monster show. This guy's a Warrior season ticket holder, a former lacrosse player himself, and big-time star. Pretty cool. Yeah, I had an exchange with him on Twitter a couple of weeks ago too, because he had—I think it was the Coquilla Minor president—tweeted out a photo right. 
um, and saying, did you know that Tyler B. Johnson, you know, one of, or I don't know if they won founders or silver at founders in, in so Tyler B. Johnson won silvers at silver at founders cup, um, in 2000 and, seven sounds, I think sounds right. said. go with anyway it. so then uh yeah i i replied i replied and said hey warriors tickets sort of on me whenever you want to come to a game yeah like i have that authority to throw that around <laughs> but you know i can i can call dave <laughs> shelvin and yeah. try to make it happen not a big deal um and then he replied again and said already. already got already got seasons my dad and i never miss a game when we can i grew up playing yeah yeah but a big ambassador for the game he's two years younger than me so i think we played against each other if he was a junior b guy in 2006 then we would have crossed paths and i would have wow. loved to <laughs> and like, i don't recognize his face yeah, you know yeah, i don't know yeah. if he, i don't know if he recognized mine and smashed it into the boards one day or something but um <laughs> All in good fun, and you know the better the yeah, it's better good. celebrities we saw to be Tom around the Brady, league. Uh, Tom Brady this week carrying around his kids' lacrosse gear, which uh, parents out there do not carry your kids' gear around for them. That is part of the process. They carry their own bag and stick. Please stop doing that, Tom. Tom Brady, you included. Uh, a couple more here, Brad. We got to get going. <clears throat> Excuse me. Got to get a shout out on here. To- I can't believe it. But Paul Irwin, who's a, I know he's a, a big fan of the show, listens every week, put out a tweet saying if he got like 72 retweets, he would get himself a Warriors tattoo. And, and he's had the number 72 because he's a big Logan Shuss fan. That's how many points Logan. Logan caught wind of this and said, if this tweet gets 250 likes, I will pay for it. Both things have happened here. Paul's got a tattoo and Logan's out some scratch. Yeah, he's got a nice, clean Vancouver Warriors logo. I thought he would get like a Logan Shuss face or Maybe I don't know what I was, what I was picturing, there, right? but he, he's got a nice, clean tattoo logo or Warriors logo on his arm, hmm. and it looks great. And I know Paul's a, uh, Paul listens to the podcast, so shout out to Paul for for um, for listening all these years and, and way to follow through on that and represent. Like, I know you're missing lacrosse like the rest of us are, but to wear that on your on your arm now with your pride and joy and, and wear it on your sleeve like that, well done, Paul. Well done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I got a logo tattered on my, my body as well. And uh, so I respect it, man. And uh, unpolished. I no think turning is, back now. No, unpolished, I think, is his Twitter handle if you want to check out that picture there from Paul. Last one here, Brad, before we get to the fourth quarter and NLL 35 moments, 2010 MVP up for National Lacrosse League Hall of Fame nomination, Casey Powell, as he goes off for 44 goals that year, 11-5 and record as uh, we remember the Titans. Yeah, first American um, MVP was the point of the 35 35 moments for Casey Powell in uh, in 2010 led the Titans to just a couple goals away from a championship that year and you know revisionist history what happens if a team from Orlando wins a championship back in 2010 like or yeah. that what, what year is it no it wasn't 2010 because the stealth won in 2010 but 2009 I just I think it was it. I just <laughs> anyhow a wreck you know he, he he was Casey Powell was such an electric player well, he was the, yeah, no he, you're right it was 2010 Brad he was the MVP of of the regular season right so right but the, he took the Titans to the finals I think maybe the year before that but anyways um you know it took a while to get his feet in the National Lacrosse League definitely took his his lumps from from people like Pat Coyle and the like but 
you know, ended up becoming an MVP caliber player and Made probably the greatest player to, play, to play inside. And unfortunately, I don't think he's going to get on the ballot this time around because we know there's only three offensive going in there, but he will go he in. Will get in yeah. He will be enshrined. And, you know, he, he made lacrosse bigger in the USA, him and his brothers. Listen. And, I got all day for Casey Powell. He continues to make the game bigger, Brad, uh, with his foundation, his his speed lacrosse, his beach lacrosse, yeah. and and his brand, man. Like, and Casey is just an awesome, awesome, positive guy that just shines the light in the right direction as far as our sport goes. And and that's how he played. Like that, he played, he played for fun. He played for fun, and that's what you get sort of out of the Thompsons, like Lyle Thompson yeah. too. Like there's all. Casey Powell was a backyard lacrosse player. Lyle Thompson was a backyard lacrosse player. Those guys would play anytime, anywhere, in any circumstance, under any rule book, and succeed for the fun and the love of the game. And those are the guys that uh, I like to follow. Yeah, and and last note on it, like that matters to me as far as voting goes. The impact that you have on the game, not only during your playing career, but your legacy and and what you do with it. And Casey Powell continues to to be a beacon man so he's gonna get in i don't know if it's this this year but uh shout out to casey powell nol 35 moments i've been really enjoying these Brad, we gotta get to break we got our stampede stallion coming up next fourth quarter action episode 133 lacrosse flash podcast network this is robert church from the saskatchewan rush you're listening to lax class your go-to source for all things nll and boston cross Back on Lax Glass. Quarter four, no more breaks here on the podcast. Well, this week anyway. We'll have more as we we move along. But uh, Vancouver Warriors, Brad, uh, they, like Saskatchewan, have a lot of unrestricted free agents. And uh, I think they may have some announcements coming soon with some, some signings as well. Yeah, they know they've got some offers out to do a handful of players. Um, yeah, they've got a lot of UFAs who haven't played yet. You know, like your your um, Garrett, Garrett McIntoshes of the world and, and guys like that who we haven't Mick even seen. Beelich. Brett Mitski. I think Mitski might have been a two year contract though, so they might be okay with Mitski if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, Beelich. Um, But you know, for the good news for the Warriors though, and this is going to benefit you know the Hamilton or Toronto Rock as well, is is you know, he, UFA is always huge for guys wanting to go yeah. home. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. there's going to be a lot of guys in the league that might be looking for a home and Vancouver might be a place because they don't want to travel anymore. They want to, you know, stay close with their wives and their kids. So UFA is always huge for Vancouver and Toronto. And it's going to be a, it's going to be a wild few weeks here to see what all comes together. Yep. So stay tuned to the Vancouver Warriors social channels at NLL Warriors. Nothing's offside. VancouverWarriors.com. And uh, man, it's uh it's signing season here and it's always exciting. So we'll look forward to, to them and other teams starting to roll out some new announcements uh, here in quarter four though, Brad, it's time for a stampede. Tax stallion of the week as we're going to add another player to the stable. So with that being said, let's head for the stables. <laughs> My selection this week, Brad, and I decided to, to bring the IQ level up a little bit in the stable. No disrespect to anybody, but we are adding a doctor to the stable. He's not a veterinarian, 
if you see what I did there, Brad. But a doctor is moving into the stable as Dr. Curtis Manning is this week's stallion. Nice pick, Jumbo. Like, what, the perfect way to describe Curtis Manning is, you know, a big team guy and a and a reliable, steady performer on that back end who's not going to be an all-star. He's not going to be nominated for Defensive Player of the Year, but he's going to provide some steady minutes like he's been doing for the past decade uh, for the Calgary Roughnecks. 138 games played over his career whilst becoming a resident family doctor, which is unreal. He's played full seasons in every year except for really 2011. Yeah. Not your, not your big goal scoring guy, not even a really big, you know, CTO guy, 17, 27 one year, but like, you know, averages 17, 15 CTOs, about a 75 loose ball guy most seasons. Um, so not a stat sheet defender, but just a steady performer on that back end. This is the epitome of a stallion, stallion right? Yeah. And, and you, know what, did there. you know what Curtis Manning does not do? He does not make mistakes. Like, you never see a glaring error or a bad decision or a brutal turnover. He doesn't do it. Yeah, no stupid penalties. Exactly. Nothing uh, like that. Got a good little nugget from, from GN Dan Richardson about Curtis Mann because I said he was going to be this week's dying. He said, I said, tell me about Curtis Mann because he was there for those Man Cup runs through the, you know, the, the late 2000s. RoboCop is what they used to call Beat the beep test. Like, could not, the beep test is almost undefeated. Well, Curtis Manning defeated the beep test. Like, they, he just kept going and never got tired. So, apparently, mm-hmm. uh, on top of it all, the guy's motor is, like, superhuman, and he doesn't get tired. I guess that makes sense being a doctor. You probably know how to keep yourself pretty healthy. Yeah, you got to learn how to keep some odd hours and keep your body and your mind right. And, yeah, he's been doing that since he was in junior. Like, he was a phenomenal junior lacrosse Stop. defender before he got into the NLL. He's well, one of the best defenders in the BCJ. Um, legacy, too. Day. Family, just, just, all of it. Yeah, yeah, just playing that clean, clean game. And, yeah, belly belly pride all the way through. Salt of the earth guy, too. Like, couldn't be a nicer guy. So, uh Doctor Paging Doctor Curtis Man Paging Doctor Curtis Man, you are this week's Stampede Stallion. Welcome to the stable, and of course the Stampede Stallion of the Week brought to you by, shockingly enough, the Stampede Tech. The Stamp Stampede Tech in Western Wear May Long Weekend. It's the unofficial start to summer, and Stampede Tech would like to remind you they carry a large variety of items. And gear for all your outdoor summer fun while you continue to stay safe, practicing social distancing, physical distancing. Stampede Tech does have a great selection of hats to make you both look good and to keep you protected from the sun. Maybe you're finally getting your bike out of winter storage and need some new riding boots, some leathers maybe. The Stampede has those too. Stay safe. And check them out online at stampede.ca where shopping online is still shopping local. If you can't make it out there to Cloverdale at the corner of Highway 10 and 180, they've been there since 1966. Can't miss a big old store out there in the Dale. I strongly suggest you stop by or hop online and buy something from our fabulous sponsor, Stampy Tack and Western Wear. Brad, that is going to wrap up episode 133. Before we let you go, we got to say, got to let you know, follow us on social media. You can follow me at PXP for sports. You can follow Brad at Brad Chow. Follow the show at Lax Class on Twitter, at Lacrosse Classified on Instagram. We've got a Facebook page and an email 
at lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, send down a review as well, and tell your friends about Lax Class, and let's get this thing even bigger than it already is. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate our sponsor, Stampede Tac, the Vancouver Warriors Associated Labels and Packaging as well. Thanks to Paul Del Monte, Darren Fridge for coming on the podcast. We will be back next week, every week, right here on the home of Lax Class, Lacrosse Flash podcast network for brad challenger i've been jake kelly for the fastest game on two feet and for the creator stay safe stay healthy and stay classified